you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey there, David Carr, who's seated to my immediate right. Do you ride a bike? Yeah, I do. A Bronco? Mm, can't say that I have. How about a skateboard? Yeah, skateboard. All right, listen. If you answer yes to any of those, or if you like to do anything else that involves wearing clothing, Wrangler has the jeans for you. Classic oh, or modern styles, a range of fits, all price points, vintage re-releases. Like I said, Wrangler has something for everyone, and that does, in fact, include David Carr. Visit Wrangler.com. Check out their selection of jeans, shirts, pants, outerwear for men and for women. Wrangler, denim, made for the modern world. Let's start the show. I'm from Houston. I actually wore David Carr jersey to school. No way. Did yeah. you tell him that? Uh, yeah, that's why I wish I could hang out with him. Like, he was like a legend in Houston for good reasons and bad reasons now. <laughs> but, I, like, I was a fan. He was like there, Houston, the Houston expansion team. Here I am. See, I'm a cynic because when he told that story, David Carr, I said, wake up, man. Martellus Bennett was just trying to dupe you into throwing him passes, but in fact, it came from a sincere place. He did throw him. It was a Carolina Panthers game, I think he's talking about. He threw me the ball like five times, probably because I was a check down, but... <laughs> but Eli, so Eli didn't throw you the ball nearly no, as much as David Carr did. No, huh? I was just trying, I was always taught to give the quarterback a little sugar so that you could get the ball a little bit more. Like, oh, you're doing ah, great. Like, yeah. See, I was right then. You yeah. were. He, he's a sucker, but not yeah. Damashek. The Dave Damashek Football Program, available on Apple Podcasts and at NFL.com slash DDFP. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. And as you just heard there, seated to my immediate left, ready to respond to a range of uh, of assertions and comments and uh, and nice things and maybe not nice things about David What's Carr. What's new in the zoo? David Carr is here, and uh, coming up in just a little bit, we're going to hear from Eddie Spaghetti and Martin Weiss, two of our young favorites, along with Wall of Famer Jeff Schwartz chopping it up about food in just a little bit. A food block coming your way in just a little bit. In the meantime, let's talk about pro football as season's kickoff is drawing ever closer. So exciting. By the way, welcome to the Dave Damashek football. I like your intro. I, I don't know if I've told you that before, but your introduction, the David football thing, is really kind of cool. Man. Well, you can use that anytime I you want. I appreciate that. I was going to ask you if I could put it on my phone. Yeah, use it on your phone. Yeah, make it your call thing. Call or, me. You know? Or you can, if you ever make it to the big leagues and you need a walk-up song, although it's oh, David yeah. football, that might not work. It's but anyhow. I mean, that's where I started, so that'd be fine. Is that true? You're a better ball player. You know what? Uh, everyone plays baseball first. We got to do the competition the once and for all settle who has the better arm personifying football throwers, David Carr, baseball throwers, former minor leaguer Cole Wright, and then we'll get handsome Hank. He'll represent the cricket 
ball throw. We're going to throw more than just a football. Or You're going to throw all three, and we'll yeah. see oh, who, yeah. who best uh, fit, you know, who can I'm play in. the other sports. I'm in. Anyhow, uh, how are you? How's Great, everything man. going for you in Bakersfield? Fantastic hot. It's hot in Bakersfield, but it's hot in L.A. A little it's bit hot everywhere. Yeah, it's it's hot, hot everywhere. Well, How's it going up in the East Bay of uh, California? Uh, East Bay was a lot nicer. I, I texted Derek right when I showed up last week, and I said, man, this is nice. I mean, you guys get surrounded by trees, and it's beautiful. And, I mean, they were just they're spoiled up there, but. I loved it. When I went up there, I guess I was naive because I went up there and I said, how could you do any better for a practice space than what the Raiders have going? It's literally right on the edge of the continent. It's on the water. It's right. Yeah. That. I mean, then you're right there where you're staying is close. I mean, it's just it's fantastic. Yeah. Except that then people pointed out to me. Yeah, you know, uh, it's right next to a uh, commercial airfield, and the oil drips down from the sky or insinuates itself from the sky down into the field, so it's not the greatest place to I mean, to how many – I mean, you're there for this fraction of time. It makes you rugged. Exactly. Enjoys football. Yeah, Suck that's exactly – that's exactly – all these teams playing in domes. Do you resent – the, like, are you? Do you feel like an old curmudgeon watching these these guys practice now? Oh. They're all in domes. And well, they're in domes, and then they don't practice, and they don't even go. They don't even have to leave and st- and stay in some bum no. dorm room. They stay. A lot of these teams are even in their hometowns. Exactly. They they stay at their house sometimes. That's not right. And then they drive to the thing, and then they have one practice, and then they go home and eat dinner with their fan. I mean, what? A, it's not training camp. Like they used to no. see quarterbacks playing for 15, 20 years. It's no no doubt. Do you know that uh, th- that Training camp, though, used to be twice as long as it is now. So oh, you didn't have to go through that, at least. No, well, you, it used to be twice as long. You were literally gone. You were just – you had to go to another city, another area, and you had to bond with your teammates, and there was this – and now that's that's completely – it's a completely different world now. Before we talk some Raiders and uh, some AFC East stuff I want to get into, another former team of yours, uh, the Giants, I want to kibitz about them, uh, bring us up to speed. Well, I, I talk about, uh, you know, getting along with your teammates and everything. You just heard your former Giants teammate. Yes. Marty Bennett kibitzing about you. How did all that strike you? He, did you know previously that he used to wear your jersey? He told me that. Yeah, he told me that in Houston that he used to wear my jersey. And I thought for a little while, though, because all receivers are kind of like what he mentioned, a little bit of sugar to try and get the football. Like, I was like, hey, Marty's always been a guy that's kind of just been outgoing, outspoken. What is he really trying to do? But then he brought pictures. Like, he showed me. Like, he was legit. I was a fan, so I was like, okay, that's cool. And then we hung out, and his, he's great. I love I love Marty. But also a low-level shot at you, passive-aggressive shot he at you. Take one, be- but that's okay. Friends can take passive-aggressive But no, but the shot is, of course, he if he's announcing to you, hey, I used to wear your jersey when I was a kid. He's oh, absolutely. Age-wise? What- yeah, but that's at that point in my career, I mean, I was, it was my 11th year maybe, 10th, 10th 11th year. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're 30 years old, but you're ancient. In the, in the NFL locker room. So you get guys that come in and they just you know, look at you like this guy. And you're like, in reality, I'm not that old. And like in walking around, normal everyday person, I'm a decent, normal American, you know? I mean, old, so. we, we, you know, we, I, I could debate you on that a little bit. But instead, let's talk about a guy who is an outsized human being in terms of physical abilities, at least. Martavis Bryant, you yeah. know, I, I, I mean, obviously a, fa- a fascinating specimen at minimum if you've watched him at the height of what he's capable of in the NFL. I mean, he's he's as dynamic as it gets. You think, yeah. who's bad? I mean, legitimately, it is not hyperbolic, in my opinion, that when you saw him flashing here and there, when he first broke out with the Steelers, you thought, is this guy like a, I mean, just a step down from like a Randy Moss level talent? Right. There's very little he can't do. And what step down is he? Like, what what does he not do? And that that was really the the interesting part for me. It was like, why would, 
I'm always curious why teams let players go. Like, why would you just allow a player like this to leave the building? And there always has to be something. There has to be. Like, there's not – teams just don't do that, especially teams like the Steelers that have consistently been good. You just don't let good players walk out the building. So what? what is it? So I go up to up to Napa, and I'm watching them, and I, I can't figure it out. And I and I hear I hear things about John really trying to push him and make sure that he you know he's after him as far as his alignment, what he's supposed to be doing, and maybe that's it. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he has, maybe he's had issues in the past of lining up correctly, doing the right things, being in the right spots. Because when you look at him physically, there is nothing that the guy can't do. I mean, he catches a ball, 15 yard in route from Derek, splits the safeties. They don't even touch him. It's tackle football. Remember, they have to actually tackle the guy, but no one even touches the guy. And he caught the ball 15 yards, split him, went six. I mean, think about that. He's six. What is he? Six four, six five ish. Six. He's huge. And I mean, think about how the Steelers deployed him. And they, arms, they had him, like re- just so they had him kickoff returning. How many guys do you see back there that are six four, six five, doing that? Yeah, here? it's it's really crazy. So that's that's um, and in talking to Derek, that that is really the the what what we thought when Derek we saw who? him. My, I mean, my brother plays for the Oakland. Oh, Derek, I mean, I'm he sorry. He doesn't I'm get sorry. a lot of love. I mean, they talk about Gruden and Marshawn and Jordy and David Younger brother and all right. these all these people. But Derek, I mean, he's there still. But so when I ta- when they talk to him, that is what what Martavis is. He's got to he's got to be better at. And if he can do that, then physically, like what where where's the limit? There really isn't one. Um, what advice would you have? Are you somebody who I mean, listen, that John Gruden literally. If you if if you haven't heard David Carr on the uh, DDFP previously, uh, you may be surprised to learn. I find it I I find it borderline. You know, I don't untowards. I don't know what. Are you why do you have a because you not illegal? Okay. I, didn't, I didn't say anything okay. about felonies I'm or just checking. I just don't know what to, I don't know what to make of uh, of David Carr. You're you're a family member, and John Gruden gave you a badge so you can have the your run of the Raiders facility. Yeah, I mean it's to, it's you it gave me total access. Maybe Khalil Mack. Maybe if he if no. if the Raiders would say, hey, what family member do you want to have a card? Maybe that could help uh, bridge the gap. Possibly. Right now. I hope you that's know? been asked. It doesn't sound like that they've talked in a while. I know. So that's what I'm concerned about. What happens when that's going on? Does anybody care? Is it like, ah, listen, well, what, how, how much can I worry about somebody, somebody who's not here? For players, you, you don't want to ever get in the way of a player trying to get paid. That's all. That's what players always say. Nobody, nobody is. And so no one will touch it. No one will. That, fine. Go ahead. I don't care if we ruin my season and we aren't as good as we should be. But as long as you get taken care of. And that's it's almost how you have to play it because – I mean, the guys you're friends to, Derek and him are really close. They came in the same same year. Mm-hmm. They're good good buddies. They spend time. Khalil's over at his house. They, you know, they hang out, and they don't really ever talk about it. He just kind of lets it happen. Khalil, you know, really the player's not in charge of it. I mean, if he wants to, he could say, yeah, I want to go back to camp, get it done. He could say that to his agent. No, no player, I don't know, that has ever said that. I think they just let the process play out until it gets to a really tough point. But right now, I mean, they're just – he's a defensive end. He doesn't have to show up till week one. So hopefully Ain't that right? And all this really stuff, is. I call and, you know, listen, uh, NFL media, obviously there are a lot of games you should watch them, you should consume each and every preseason football game available for your eyeballs up until the real thing kicks off. Absolutely. But as I always say, though, I have to watch it as a skeptic, as a cynic. It's a month-long lie for your eyes. <laughs> it's not real football. It's because – because. I would never, if I were a head coach, do you tell that to Gruden? That would be my message to, to Gruden. Don't put anybody who is of great value out on the field in I have August. The same, I have the same beliefs. Do you? Yeah, but, I mean, there is – the more players I talk to, and quarterback-wise, I mean, you have to get some – you want to get some You can live practice. I'm, sorry, I'm talking about but games. There's, different, there's a different feel between uh, me being at practice, knowing that the coach has the whistle, and knowing that Khalil can't hit me. 
and then me being in the game and having to get my body to react to knowing these guys physically can snatch me and pull me to the ground. So there's there's some of that from a quarterback. So I imagine that there would be some of that for every position um, because you, you can only – replicate live reps when coaches say live in practice it doesn't really mean live i get it so but there my, has to be a little bit of it my not, not as much my perennial game. pushback on the on the existence of preseason football games for the nfl yes you need to evaluate the guys who are on the borderline and it's very exciting oh, no for them and you know now hard knocks is back and that's the human drama it's not i mean you want to yeah. see fun and funny personalities as well when you're watching that show in training game. but it's, it's the human drama of the guys right on the border is he or isn't he gonna be able to hang in there for you guys. I would never want to go out onto the field, but my pushback is if you needed it, if it was so essential for the actual first stringers, the actual guys who you're counting on to produce in September and beyond, then why does college football not have one? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I, I completely agree. If it was that important, then why don't the 19 year olds yeah. need to have it? No. And I mean, so if I really thought about it and I said, okay, if I went out there game one and that was live legit, let's go. Would I, I don't think there'd be a big difference. I really, I really don't. More that I think about it, I mean, there are, there's a transition. There's definitely a transition from practice all year to that first game. So if you can get somehow get that out of the way, or if we all have to go through it together, then so be it. We all go through it together in the first game, and maybe it's not as good, but maybe it is. Um, you got a good point, man. I'm, I'm with you. I don't think. And also, all that happens is guys get hurt. We do a fantasy draft. Like my brother, like my other brother Darren, he coaches Bakersfield Christian. Derek's old uh, mm. high school. He makes us. Do I thought you were going to say David. Draft. David's not in the league, is he? I am in the league. He he forcibly put me in the league. Wow! And I said I'm not drafting until the games start. Of the course not. Start. People are asking he me. Did it a week ago. I'm the Steelers whisperer, as you may or may not know. Six straight seasons, I have correctly predicted what the Steelers' final record's going to be. Really? People are hitting me up. Hey, what's so so? What's it going to be now, Seer? And I'm like, well, I, Seer. I'm not, I can't tell, I'm not going to make any announcement okay. until all the games I, are in the I'm book. With you. I'm with I, you. I, I, and I'll wait until the eve of kickoff. Is that right? I got what am I going to have to because how like, would I know? What, what happens? Like this year, conveniently, I had the first pick. I don't know how that happened. And I'm like, what? Well, how do I take a player that's not like so? Le'Veon Bell was obviously an option. He's not even in in camp. How do I even know how he's going to react and when he comes mm-hmm. out there? I mean, is he going to be good? I'm sure he will be, but. I couldn't take him. Uh, Listen, yeah, he'll be fine, too. Yeah, Uh, I'm not overly concerned about that. Hey, why don't you call Derek up? Do you call him up randomly? Do you just call him on the telephone? 1240. I'm not sure if it's going to actually. Call him up. I literally will call him. Ask him. I want to know. You you mentioned fantasy. You might might get in trouble. I don't want to get in trouble. He could get in trouble for taking calls? He would take the call, say he's in the meeting with John, like right now, and he answers the phone. I mean, there's going to be some kind of. Some blowback there. I don't want to. All play. right, then we'll, we'll make it a conference call, and Gruden can chime in too. <laughs> I'm sure These are the answers I need. Okay, Doug Martin or Marshawn Lynch? Who's going to get more carries this year? So I, I've been told that Marshawn has all the opportunity to be the guy. Um, if he does not want to buy in, be a team guy, buy into what Gruden's doing, practice. Then what does that mean? It, it means you've seen Marshawn just sit on the sidelines. I know. Practice. That, that's what that means. And, but so if that, that and that. that's a real concern? That's Absolutely. something that they're talking about? Did they call that. 24 in and say, like, hey, man, just so you know, I, I want to be up front with you. We're concerned about whether or not you're going to buy in or not. Do they have that kind of yes. heart-to-heart with 100%. them? 100%. Yeah, it happened. It, it happened. And that's why Doug's there. That's why Doug Martin is there. So it's all on Marshawn. Really? As, yeah. a, as, as, a, as a human threat? Uh, John told me when Marshawn was standing right next to me at practice, Marshawn is the man. If he doesn't want to be, we'll play Doug. Wow. Marshawn was standing right there. John does not care. What's your guess? 
I think Marshawn's going to be fine. He had a good year last year. I mean, the offense was not very good, but he ran hard. I think he's still got enough in the tank. And that offensive line, they're better than average. So, I mean, they're, they're a lot better than average. So, I think if he just gets going, he'll be fine. And they want to run the football. You know, we just are on the heels of the uh, the Hall of Fame stuff uh, for another year, and so this is the time when people like to ruminate about who's next, and we play all or nothing. We play Hall or nothing here. Yeah, no doubt. Let's play it right now, Marshawn yeah. Lynch. Hall of Fame? Yeah. Ooh. One Super Bowl. Does he need to do more to secure a spot in the Hall? Because if you watch him, I, I – That's a really tough question. I submit. That yes, the numbers matter, especially once you've cooled, once the voters have cooled their heels and don't have as uh, visceral a reaction to yeah to, to the name, you yeah, know, like right. th- this guy. Oh yeah, that guy was a football player. But yeah. I do think it matters that it, when you start to review, I don't know what the process is. I don't know that uh, that the voters are sitting around, huddled around uh, a, a flat screen TV watching highlights of a guy. But it does have. Yeah, I'm sure there's a presentation. It should matter. Sort. I know it, there's a presentation of really? sort, right? Is that I'm pretty sure someone comes up as a spokesman to yeah to put. I'd like to. I I should go. Yeah. I'd like to. I'd like I've to. I've talked to uh, guys that do that and that, that have actually gone through that process of nominating a guy. Like this is him. Check out this film. This is what I believe, and they'll lay it out there. So neat. I'd yeah. like to do that. I'd like to nominate somebody. Who would shepherd you, somebody? Would you Would you nominate Marshawn? You know who I. You know who I'll do because I get a lot of pushback on the two guys who, when I say their names, people I I seem to get the biggest response to saying, "How dare you suggest that?" One is Eli, and whether you like it or not, he's going to the Hall of Fame. He's so going. We can stop that. Do with it. Bust is yet, being made. People don't. I mean, it, it is done. You know, and and Phil Rivers is more in jeopardy than Eli is. But uh, I know ESPN just uh, talked to some of their experts, and they said, oh, Phil's closer than Eli is. Whatever. Eli's going to the Hall of Fame. They're both going. As I always say, and I'm going to say it again to you now, David Carr, so long as each season ends with the playoffs that is punctuated by handing one trophy, just the one, the one trophy, only one team gets it. Correct. So long as that is the premise of an entire season, and that's what you do it all for, is to see who wins the Lombardi. So long as that is the end of the season, yeah. it does matter who wins it. I love when these people act like it absolutely it's, matters, and and it's not egalitarian. It's that well, then what? Well, so and so, people cite skill position guys. Or don't don't be dumb. Please please stop being obtuse with, with your argument. It is we all know it's the most important position in sports. Well, it's the it's the position that is if you don't have one of those and you don't have Dan Marino type numbers, that's it's tough, right? But Philip Rivers has Dan Marino type numbers, right? Well, I know people say you got to grade it on a curve because 21st century throws the ball a lot more, but no matter what, Eli Manning and Phil Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger are are all going to finish um, which is a remarkable Pretty thing, no matter. Class. I mean, no matter what, yo, that's twenty first century. All right, but the guys who were drafted in 03 and 05 yeah, no, aren't, aren't I was all in the top ten. I'm not in the top ten, right? There's those a lot guys of are going to retire. All of them in the top ten in yards and in touchdown. It's passes. impressive. Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, and people, I don't know why I don't get that Eli, and I try not to because I'm biased towards Eli. So I'm like, okay, and I've been in the meeting room with him. I understand what he means to that football team, you know. But man, the guy is just—he's the smartest player I've ever been around. He's a, he's absolutely flatline when it comes the to the smartest coaching. football player ever. you've ever been around. Ever. Wow. Challenge will just I mean you think you know offense, you think you know the game and you're sitting there with him and he'll come up with something that he sees on the same film you're watching and you just I I didn't even see it.
I didn't even Boy, see I'd love to experience that and see what that literally means. Yeah, no, I'd I like know. to watch plays with you and say, Eli once saw this. And, and, and I always thought it would be sort really of, cool. I'd love to do to that. Be, and it, OTAs, it's not going to matter. You're running base stuff. Everybody runs the same stuff. So just let a camera crew in there to be in a quarterback room because the quarterback room with a quarterback coach kind sure. of running the clicker and, and both. You know, there's usually two veteran guys in there kind of talking. Man, it's fun, man. It's good stuff. It's some of my I, favorite times. I, I legitimately think that uh, the average football fan is much more interested in that sort of thing, has much more appetite oh, yeah. for that sort of thing. Sure. And I think there's also a fair amount of pretension that people think they completely understand it. But uh, yeah, it's, but ultimately, it's football. It's just football. It's, it's not. Just, a, it is. No, it, you're you're right because it is football, and it's just it can be very simple, and we make it too hard, right? Sometimes I agree. And offensive coordinators make it way too hard. They spend way too many hours doing it. It's very easy because it's so funny and I'm gonna get off on a tangent but we spend hours and days putting together these game plans that are like thick and then we get halfway through the first quarter and the team's up seven nothing and it's panic mode and we're gonna run seven plays the rest of the game and we're gonna find a way to come back and I can't tell you how many times that's happened where we've run those seven plays that are just our bread and butter and we come back and win the game and you're like coach what did we do all this other nonsense for just go with what we do right and then Let's go. You only need that if you are uh, significantly um, have have significantly lesser talent than the guys across. Oh, exactly. From you, right. Yeah. If you, if you can just exactly impose just, what you want to do. Sure. Yeah. If you if you've got to create offense for your guys that aren't as good, then that's fine. You 30, 40 percent of it is just smoke and mirrors and stuff. But if you have guys that are legitimately good football players, you're a good team. You get down, you can go to your five plays and run those there. You can tell Drew Brees we're going to run ten plays the rest of the game, and he's fine. We're going to go score 40 points. So. How much, uh, now that we're talking about this, uh, you, you promised a tangent, and I'm a, 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 along with you on it. Yeah. Um, how often, because you always hear playground. That's what Ben Roethlisberger does best. Yeah. He turns it into a playground yeah. game. How often during a game do you say, well, at any point in the game, but I would assume it happens in the second half or whatever, that you that you would pull a receiver aside, say like, "Hey, I'm gonna pump it to you," and then and then pretend like you're gonna catch, but then go long, like you know, like backyard football. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, a more it elaborate happens. version of that. Like, it, uh, screw the whole playbook. Uh, here's what I want you. No, no, no. You no. Pretend it's all, this and then do that. Well, that's what that's what game planning is. That's what adapting is. And you always have to have a quarterback coach or an offensive coordinator there with you. Otherwise, unless you're Ben Roethlisberger, you're gonna be looking for a job if it doesn't work out because they're going <laughs> to absolutely lose their mind on you. So you make sure the co- quarterback coach is there you, and you, hey, come on over here. You grab Antonio Brown and say, Antonio, okay, next time we run this play. So you got to have a, you got to have a, a group. The other ten, the other nine guys, you got to give them something to do, right? You can't just say, all right, we're going to snap it. I'm going to run around like crazy, man. And then Antonio's just going to find a way to get up. You can't do that. You got to call a play. And then off of that, you can do something that's looked like what you've been doing all game. And then now you hit them with the double move or you do something off of it. So that happens all the time. You have to do that stuff. The thing to me is, and it seems well. well listen, we'll talk. We'll talk uh, Damashek uh, car game theory at <laughs> another point. But it really does seem to me that if you can move it all like your brother, like you could, um, and, and the better QBs, it seems Russell Rogers, mm-hmm. Roethlisberger can do some of this. The uh, outside of Brady, that boot. You know that that oh, ability to boost and then yeah. roll. As yeah. long as you have a viable option behind you to scare the defense a little bit, yeah. to, to to at least uh, put it into his gut yeah, or fake it into his gut. Part of the run. I mean that that seems to me like that is uh, that that is endlessly just about unstoppable. I've been, I've been around coordinators and Gary Kubiak was one of these guys that refused to play action from the pocket. Like he would. He wanted the bootleg. He said, "There's the only way you're going to get big plays in the NFL is off good run action and then." boot action away from that with the quarterback right? to buy time for big plays down the field. And, I mean, they had some pretty good offenses when Gary was calling the plays. So, 
I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I love that play. You, the only problem is you have to make sure that defensive end, and that's why you've getting now you get the the RPO that we hear a lot of, the run pass option, mm-hmm. because it, before it used to be with Gary Kubiak, not to just tell the story forever, but this is where it originated. So you go, you run the stretch, you run the stretch, now you run the, the bootleg off of it, and the defensive end, you're expecting him to crash down right. and chase the run and come out the other side. Now it's kind of adapted to where instead of putting the quarterback under the center and now – just hoping that defensive end crashes because we're calling the bootleg, right? And sometimes he's up the field and he hits the quarterback and you got to make a play. Now we're going to put him in shotgun and I'm going to get the snap and I'm going to watch you. And then I'm going to see what you do. So I'm going to hand it off and if you crash down, then I'll keep it. So I'm going to call both plays at the same time and it's kind of evolved into that to where that's what people do more often than not. Um, but the bootleg is still, I mean, it, it's an all or nothing thing because you're turning your back to the best player on the defense. The defensive end who could be a Von Miller, he could be anybody and it's it's always like I think Jadavian Clowney well, like, made a play of some. Uh, well, yeah, like every time you repeat. turn around, you're like, is he going to be right here? Uh, you never know. You turn your back completely on the guy, and you come around, and it's like, well, oh, I'm out here. I'm good. Let's go. You made me think of that when when you said that we got to tell the other nine guys. I think when you run the boot, if you're going to naked boot, you want them to not know. You're well, now there's the other thing. So uh, Peyton Manning, you told me one time, and and I can, we kind of carried this over, and, and obviously Eli name did drop. Too. Well, well, I got to give him credit because no, I, I can't say that. You know, okay, you know, okay. I can't say All right, it's cool. Up. Go ahead. So you, what you do is you do call the run. You call a run to the right, right, especially down inside tight five yard line inside. You've seen Peyton. Peyton ran for like sixty yards on mm-hmm. one of these once, and he would just keep it. He wouldn't tell anybody. He wouldn't tell the coach. He wouldn't tell not one person. Just going off his intuition and his, his studying. And he'd come out there and fake it, and then just kind of chill for a little bit, and then he'd be off to the races because everybody, you're going to get a full sell because a lot of times when you when you call a bootleg, the offensive line's like, okay, it's kind of a bootleg. I'm not going to really run as hard. So to the defense, something could say, this isn't really that run. you know. But if you just call the run, you don't tell anybody else, that's what it's going to look like to everybody. Well, y'all, yes, people are not as good, an act- are they aren't. good at acting as they terrible. think they are. They're terrible actors. And the best thing of all is to say, now, I, if I took a camera out now and say, do the exact same thing, but just do it exactly like you just did oh, it, no. the inability to replicate what you just said with no. a camera pointed at you, no it's chance. the same. Ana- it's it's the analogous. Same. Really. The linemen are worse. Like, at least I'd have a chance <laughs> as a quarterback, but linemen are terrible. The worst guy in pickup football is the guy who oversells the play I described five minutes ago of like, I'm going to – I'm going to call your name and then you turn around for it. Right. But then when the, then turn and turn it up for you. Like, like Frank, I don't have 15 seconds. Yeah. Stop like, oh, just go. Hey, David, <laughs> like the stop, like, all right, it's got to just be a little one. You know, like I, used to, be, I used to be the guy when I we used to play street football when I was growing up in Bakersfield. Who was man. the best? Didn't have a lot of grass and the street. Street um, in football. the street, like in the street, and I was roiling the, streets of Baker. Uh, but I was the worst because you get in street football, you're just playing. It's just street football. It's the, it's the, what you call it. And I would get out there, and I'd try and make audibles. I'd, I'd like, I'd have like a list of players. <laughs> I come out with wristbands. I'm like, you got to wear this wristband. Like, my friends are like, what are you doing, dude? Like, just play football. <laughs> I was that guy. I ruined. That it. is a weirdo. I ruined it. I was a nerd. Did you dominate though? Well, dominate. And did you? Why, that's why I thought my my theory and my whole preparation was right because I was like these guys, these kids are just lining up. Frank, like Paul and these guys, they don't know what they're doing. Like we got plays. Would would yeah, did any of your kid, uh, your peers growing up, you're back there, you're 12 years old playing backyard football. Like, hey, Dave, take it easy with the pass, All man. The it's a little too much. Did they really? Oh yeah, because the street's not that wide. I mean, you know, street, I mean, street can be compared. But I mean, to it was just field. it was. So was oh. that the buzz among your friends? Like, hey, David is so good. At throwing, I bet you he makes it to college football. I had a friend that we used to wear. You know the things you grab oven mitts, right? You grab the. Th- they would bring those out. Really? Play, yeah, because he was a bigger kid, you know, and he wasn't the best. 
greatest athlete, and he would oven mitt it, but he would never use his hands. Like, <laughs> it would only in the body. And I'm like, what do you even have the oven mitts for? David like, Carr threw such heaters that his friends needed literal <laughs> oven, oven mitts literal to handle the, the heat. I got a great picture of my dad. My dad used to catch balls for me all the time. Like, he was – my dad's the best, right? I know everybody thinks their dad's the best. My dad was the best. He wore full-on catcher's gear. And then the the, uh, the big goalie gloves in soccer mm-hmm. to come catch for me. We got a great picture right before I went to right before I went to the NFL. Ah, uh, that's great. Still catching for me. I love. I mean, th- that's one of my favorite things, and I'm almost always underwhelmed by talking to pro athletes about how. I mean, whoever tackled you in in high school? I, I yeah. mean, Legarrette Blunt. Whoever right. tackled Legarrette Blunt once he got the ball some in of those, high school? Yeah, game. some of those highlights for like guys like Legarrette Blunt, and I, I saw Reggie Bush in high school, and I don't yes. think that he ever got tackled in high school. Alex Smith was his quarterback. Back and I would, it would just be a draw, and then he would just, and then that was it. So I, I mean, I've seen it where guys have, you know, a hundred touchdowns, and like I'm like, I don't need. That's every time you touch the ball. I'll tell you, I'll tell you. So now let's revert back to where we were nine minutes ago. <laughs> the other name of a Hall of Famer that people do not think is a Hall of Famer, but they're wrong, is Cam Newton. Cam Newton is in the news. The Cal- Calvin Benjamin made his remarks. He doesn't study hard enough. I think people don't love to embrace a guy. If the M.O. on him is, and this is some evidence at least, they don't like because the all you ever hear throughout your life is as or, or pointed at as role models for sports at just minimum. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, uh, Steph Curry. What do they have in common? No one believed in those guys. They yeah. had to. They outworked everybody to get to where right. they are. They were. They. You know. They. They are the one. The reason that they're that they are all time greats is because they outworked everybody right, else. Right. Right. Cam Newton. The vibe is is that he doesn't work as hard. Well, but you know, it's also now that I mean we're in Los Angeles. It's LeBron James is the same issue. It's LeBron and Cam. I think for me, it, it's in the same boat because of public opinion. Because they it does people don't feel like they've had to work as hard to get to where they are because they've, they've always just been the best player at all levels. They're, they're better than everybody else physically. And I can, I can see why that, why people feel that way because they are, they're just, there's it's Cam Newton's one of one. Like there's never been a quarterback mm-hmm. like him. I don't foresee one being around while we were able to watch football. Um, he's just bigger than everybody's bigger than defensive lineman. He's got a stronger arm than most, all the quarterbacks. The only, I mean, does he really? He does. The guy has an absolute rocket. And, you know, and when he won the MVP a couple years ago, down the field throwing the football, he was as good as anybody I've ever seen in the season. Accuracy with Ted Ginn and some of the balls he was throwing at Olsen. I mean, it's tremendous. Now, the only problem is, you know, what Benjamin said is, I mean, there's some truth to that. Otherwise, he wouldn't say it. Like, you wouldn't just say something like that unless there was some truth to it. So that's where the issue is going to be. It's like people are going to say, well, he was so talented, but he just didn't, he didn't really put in as much effort and then that's why they didn't win, right? So, I mean, I mean, is that fair? I don't know. The, I don't know. I, I get all of that, and that maybe applies to Jay Cutler as you look back on his career. Cam Newton sure. has won an MVP, 15-1, no, great rookie season, almost always in the playoffs. Yep. Yes, you I can attribute yeah. it to Keekley, Thomas Davis, yeah. and a great defense, but, you know, point. I, look, look at the pass catchers. Look at the ball carriers. Oh, I, I agree at, with you. I think that's also a lot of it's on his coaching staff, honestly. If I'm being honest, I mean, they – he does a lot in the run game, but they could be even better as far as what they – he has such great ability. He's, he can be a running – he can be your best running back and he one of the best quarterbacks in the league. you got to utilize that. I mean, if it shortens his career by a couple of years, that's fine. At least we got 10 years of fantastic Cam Newton. Better, uh, better all-time QB class. 2004. Okay. I mean, this, this sounds – I'm going to sound like a heretic to it's some It's going to sound here. crazy, actually. 
I already know where you're going with this. All right, that's fine. You're but welcome I'm to not, your opinion. Eddie Spaghetti, you can chime in, too, because you're also an Eli advocate. I'm not saying you're crazy. Okay, here we go. Good. You know who they are. Yeah. Roethlisberger, Rivers, Eli. Yep. Or I'm going to say it. Elway, Marino, Kelly. Wow, you did. I said it. I thought that you might say it, but I wasn't really sure that you'd say Marino, it. Marino, Elway, Kelly. I'm not I'm not just uh, counting Lombardi. Well, I am going to count the Lombardis here. You have two in the twilight of Elway's career, which are owed to Terrell Davis, not to John Elway. Yeah. How much of it do you think is, like, I like I love Eli. He's my good friend. Love the guy. How much of it is that I grew up watching those other guys, and I can't, I can't even say that Eli and those guys are. As much as the curmudgeons, as much as old school fans yeah. say, ah, recency bias, you millennials, you don't get it. You don't think anything existed before yeah. you existed and yeah. all that. We also tend to lionize yeah. the guys like, that played. What is eye-opening? I don't think Dan Marino ever threw an incomplete pass. Like, I really believe that's, that. That's the phenomenon. You know what I'm I, once, I became aware of this many moons ago. I dug up Super Bowl thirteen. And one of the great games ever played. I don't know if I. I think there might it might be the most Hall of Famers ever out on a field at one time. I, I I'm not positive about that, but certainly it would be in, in uh, you know count on one hand any games that had more Hall of Famers in it right. than that one. It's the mighty Steelers against the mighty Cowboys, wow. both at the height of their powers. You know, 1978, yep. January of '79, and I remember watching early on in the game. They they uh, run a sweep with Tony Dorsett. Tony Dorsett uh, in his second year in the league, big star. Roger Staubach hands the ball off to him. Here comes TD around the end. And uh, Jack Lambert and Mean Joe Green and Jack Ham bearing down on him. And TD's feet kind of go out from under him, and he slips, and it's a yard and a half. And Mean Joe and Jack Lambert meet at the at uh, TD laying on the ground, and they touch him down. That's the end of the play. It's the most mundane play <laughs> you could ever see, except right. it's in the Super Bowl, and yeah. and everybody All who's Hall anywhere near the, ball, near the ball were Hall of Famers. All busts just chasing each other around. That's exactly what it was. Crazy. But I – it's it's it. Elway deserves more praise for getting three bum Broncos rosters two Super Bowls he than what happened to him once things. he got there. I agree. I mean, more more than yeah, exactly. Like you said, his later in his career, I don't think he did as much. He wasn't asked to do as much. Drill Davis did everything. I mean, you know, not everything, but you know, he made a helicopter yeah. run. He made some plays. Right, the helicopter is the most overrated. Oh, the yeah. second Super Bowl. I mean, Elway was man. better that year than he was that. It was an old man falling down. That was pretty much what. It was. <laughs> Why that is? <laughs> now, I'm with you completely. The most overrated play oh, in Super Bowl history. That's, that's the just, thing. He, that's that's where he's at. To me, it said that's the end of his career because you just watch him and you're like, it's pretty much over. I mean, everybody was like, oh, it's the greatest thing ever. I'm like, it's John. I love John. I John Elway's rookie card. I love the guy. But no, Can I tell you something about that? Yeah. I have watched Super Bowl 32 with Terrell Davis, oh, and, wow. and, and he had cool. never watched it before, which is insane really? to me. What, what kind of human being, if you're the MVP <laughs> of a Super Bowl, doesn't, doesn't go back and watch game. it? With your kids. Just watch the game with kids. Seven times a day you watch it. Uh, just keep it on repeat. Just as a reminder to everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's that's an interesting point you oh, made. Right here Let me right. refer you to when I won the uh, MVP <laughs> in the Super Bowl. Um, that's, that's all I would ever do. No doubt. Um, but, yeah, anyway, so – Go ahead now. Eighty-three. Yeah. Reno Kelly. Oh man, I mean they. So they they played. I will. I, will I don't admit, think it's a ridiculous conversation it anymore. It, it's not. It's not ridiculous. Um, I still. I still have to go with the with the older guys. Okay. Just because I know how hard it was to throw the football back then, and they still made it look pretty easy. Spaghetti. Eighty-four. By the way, his uh, Marino second year is the best quarterback season it I've really, ever seen. Man, it was just crazy. Never seen anything I was like, five like that years before. Old, but it was the only one that I would compare it to in terms of uh, just consistent quality throughout is Rogers. Uh, what was that? 
2014? Yeah, forget about what Peyton did for a little while. I unfortunately had to watch him do it in the AFC South for several years, but he was, I mean, my goodness, the guy was incredible. Huh. All right. I'm just saying. I, guys, I know. pop on some tapes. The guy was up 21 nothing before we even That was crazy up. stuff. Yes, you know? spaghetti. I'm going Marino, Elway. I think yeah. those guys, they have a claim to be in the Mount Rushmore of greatest quarterbacks yeah. ever. So I, it's easily them. In the Super Bowl era, yeah. Jim Kelly gets slept on a little bit. If he doesn't he does. go to the Houston Gamblers, though, which he loved that time. If you just find a way to win two of those games in the Super Bowl, I mean, just one or two, you know, that's all you got to do. Scott Norwood makes a kick. We regard the not just the not just Kelly, not just the Bills, but also oh, yeah. the Dallas Cowboys dynasty oh, differently. Right. If they different. if they had vanquished the Bills, who would be perceived as a different level of juggernaut, I mean, if they had beaten that team in back-to-back Super Bowls, let's yeah. say it all plays out the same, yeah. we would think of the Cowboys. That dynasty would be the greatest in NFL oh, history. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, but the point I was going to tell you is, which I think is is funny, is Terrell Davis. I la- I attempted to to mock the Elway uh, helicopter. I'm like, this is your signature moment of your career, and uh, Elway gets all the credit for that. He's like, oh, that was the best thing. Oh, we, we, all, we loved all got it. So excited. Oh, that's that what happened. when players, when especially when guys that you don't expect it, run, quarterbacks run. Like guys get so fired up about that. I, mean, I used to run for like five yard gains. My line would be so excited. I'm like, what? You guys just think that I can't even run? Like, yeah, I literally can't. It is. It's patronizing. Yeah, it is. I don't like. It's like when. Uh, my teammates in, uh, in in high school basketball would come come to the sideline when there was like a minute and a half left, and they would say like "put in check," and then the, the small student body would agree, and they would say "put in check," oh, and I was so flattered. I was so oh, that's so great! I'm so for such an unpopular schnook. Isn't that nice? And only only uh, only later did I realize they were mocking. You knew what they were doing. They wanted to laugh at me, not with yeah, me. Yeah, no, they just wanted to see you trot out there in your loosely fitting basketball jersey that's oh, enough we've just saying figure this out. you know what would happen to me though david carr i would sit on the sidelines like this with my uh i'd sit uh th- throughout the game with my elbows atop my knees uh-huh. you know just uh just kind of relaxing to watch the game yeah and i would sit that way the entire game and so when i would rare on the rare occasion i would go into the game i'd get up and there'd be these two red circles <laughs> above my knees I, the, red circles, and... from the, <laughs> the red circles of shame from the circles of shame hey eddie spaghetti is running up to see uh, Pearl Jam uh, this, oh, yeah. this week. Eddie Vedder. Yeah, that's right. Look, telling me the lyrics to Yellow Lead Better because I have no idea. Changes every time he sings it. it is that time. true, Spaghetti? Yeah, yeah it, it is does. very true. I'm, I'm just out of curiosity. I don't know what David Carr uh, fancies as uh, great oh, music. Man, I, I like anything that's, you know, it's art, man. So anything that's legit, sounds good, looks like people have taken, you know, actually care about what they're doing. I mean, that's that's good stuff for me. Um, I appreciate all music. All music. I can. Trance. No, no. See, people people play fast I mean, and I, loose with that one. People love to oh, I like all kinds of music. <laughs> I, I don't think you like all I don't kinds. Think I've ever heard trance music played. If you can play some for me, I can tell you if it was any good. Maybe. You like when the when the monks when they do that when they do their chanting yeah, stuff. Sometimes, hey, like in Lord of the Rings when they're all getting around and they start doing the little weird chant thing. I mean, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Some unity there, you know. What did you think? We just had Lindsay Rhodes uh, in on our most recent episode. I encourage you, Nate, the man, you go back and listen to it because okay. she really opened my eyes. I had been along with Marty Bennett disparaging Frozen yeah. as a bad message for uh, little girls, okay. but she turned me around on that. that you, she- even if you have bad parents, you have to overcome that. And you can find true love in your sibling. You're gonna have to have an, a parent explain that to you. You don't need a man, right? Is the is you know, the message yeah. uh, is the message in that one? What's your What's the most popular animated picture in your home? Uh, you know, what? Lion King is probably Lion King. Yeah, stuff. because even my my even my daughter, my six year, seven year old daughter, now she loves it. 
Like my boys used to watch it all the time, and I, I obviously everybody likes Lion King, but it's sad a little bit too. My dad dies, and then but it's all. I mean, they're they're none of them aren't sad. I know they really are, but she likes it. So I mean, that's I'd probably say that would be the one that plays the most in our house. All right, what uh, do we want to do here? Um, oh, you know what? What wrap it up there, Eddie Spaghetti? Oh, look how Eddie Spaghetti wants to get to, to something that we've already recorded uh, a little while ago okay. with yeah, Spaghetti yeah. and Martin Weiss and uh, oh, Wall good. of Famer yeah, Jeff in. Schwartz. You know what? We need a theme song for you. That's why I ask you about music. Oh, okay. What would you like? Something country? Yeah, country song from Bakersfield. I mean, B- Buck yeah. Owens. Yeah, Buck Owens. The I mean, Buck Owens. Crystal okay. Palace is right by my house. We'll try to do that. Yeah. And then also, we might want to consider even adding David Carr's jersey to the Wall of Fame. It should have been uh, up already. I, I agree, but Maurice Jones-Drew has been, oh, he's been a little bit uh, prickly about it. He's, 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 he really is. I, I, he, there's room right there next to James Jones. He's fit me right in there. I don't know, Sheck. It's not so special as it once was. I don't know if I even want to be up there anymore. Oh, I want his name removed. I mean, I, he, it's not his choice. He doesn't get yeah, to tell me. Who's ever said, made. I want my name removed from the Wall of Fame? It, it, it was a little bit hurtful. I would I would take that as a slight. It was a little, yeah, it was a little bit spiceful. And I'll you know what? It wasn't Maurice's best. It wasn't his best moment. Take him a little down. small on his part, take, wow. if I can tell you the truth. Small and wide. Um, oh. <laughs> I didn't say it. Said somebody it. did. Somebody said it. Well, some ghost or somebody said something. <laughs> um... That that's it. Wrap it up here, spaghetti. Yeah. We're gonna wrap it up. Yeah, All right. I, I I could the the problem is David Carr. I could go on and on. Oh, I'll and be on. back. We'll come okay, back. I'll come back. I love All this right. place. Excellent. The great David Carr. Everybody, uh, make sure you check him out on Total Access and beyond. There, you're gonna be on Monday nights and Thursday nights in season. Yes, I believe so. On Total yep. Access. Yep. A uh, delightful fella, you know, uh, Thanks, to, to listen, chop it up as you just experienced here. And now, speaking of chopping things up, let's talk about food, shall we, with experts on eating food, namely me, Jeff Schwartz, and Eddie Spaghetti and his pal Martin Weiss. <laughs> All right, here's a special edition of the Food Block, and I don't even know what show this is going to land in, but while we have Jeff Schwartz here, let's uh, let's dip into it now, our latest edition of all the most important uh, debatable subjects where food's concerned. Eddie Spaghetti, take it away here. Uh, so yeah, last night we were doing show prep, myself and Emma, and she said that Brett, uh, her, Brett Sauron, her fiancé, uh, uh, his... He doesn't need a name, for that, but all right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it was a, what the awkward laugh. No, it, it was a joke. It's not his name. It's her last name. Uh, it was the worst ice cream flavor, right? And because they, they invented a new ice cream. Oh, mayonnaise. Right, this is fun. They, they invented a mayonnaise ice cream, uh, and she's and I personally would probably try that because I am not against oh, mayonnaise. Oh, you're disgusting. But I don't, uh, I don't know you very well. But <laughs> alien behavior, conspiracy, mayonnaise, that, alien behavior. Good point. Thank you. Touche. But what's what would be the, your like least? Let's go ice and cream? yeah, don't get. We don't need to talk about these wackadoo flavors that they've tried to conjure lately. Yeah. Let's go with the classic. Flavors. What your fa- least favorite? Like how many does uh, Baskin Robbins throw out 30, there? Like 32. 31, 31, 32, something like that. How many flavors is it? Thirty-one. Shouldn't we know? Thirty-one flavors. Thirty-one yeah. flavors. No, I thought it was thirty-two. So my like thirty-two. My least favorite would be anything peanut butter related. Wow. I you know I, I don't like peanut butter. I peanut hear butter you. Guy. I hear you. Although you know what though, I've I've come back around to it. If you go. Turns out the people who have enjoyed s'mores all those years are onto something there. There's something about if you slap a little bit of, you don't have to forget the marshmallow, and instead go with a piece of dark chocolate. Yeah. Then put that, put underneath it uh, the binding agent of peanut butter, and put that on a graham cracker. Delicious. 
So peanut butter would be mine. Okay. Also, I'm not – I like chocolate, but, like, not a dark chocolate person. Oh, I'm the opposite. I like the dark. My dad's that way, too. Like, I'm not – so, like, I don't want, like, a super rich chocolatey ice cream. Oh, I'm – see, forget the milk. And, in fact, you know how that – now when you get the, the bars at the store, they, you know, they go 72% cacao. Yeah. Beans, not enough for me. You want, like, you want like, the <laughs> 90. Turn it up. Turn it up. Pure uncut. Give me, give, me that, give me that pure – give me that pure dark, you know? <laughs> so what's your least favorite? Vanilla, then. I'm going to have to think about it a little bit here. I'll go uh, coffee. Martin Weiss. Good. Coffee. I dis- despise coffee flavor or anything. I didn't have until I was uh, till I was 29 years old. I'd never tasted a pistachio, and uh, and then I did, and I fell in love. And uh, and then soon after, I tried pistachio ice cream, mm. also delicious. Oh, no. It's very good. I thought we were doing worse flavors. I'm just talking. I was bouncing around a, in my head pistachio. with pistachio. And mint, mint and coffee. Oh, mint's not bad. Big fan of mint. Big like fan mint. of peanut butter. Coffee, coffee flavored coffee isn't good. Right. But like, I'm not a big fan of really. It's too. That's fine if he doesn't like coffee. He doesn't like coffee. No, I, no, no, no. I like. You you enjoy the taste of coffee. I like espresso yes. and coffee. I do too. But it needs it needs a little. You also, I think you get to a certain age where like you have to drink coffee. Like there's no choice. See, no, that's but that's one of those things. You're, you're too young. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm 28. I work very early in the mornings. That's why I started drinking or morning radio. I, I I thought about thirty minutes ago to myself like I need a coffee when I leave the studio. <laughs> I, I literally thought. But about do you that. enjoy it though? Yeah, that's some sort of an indictment of the quality of conversation. No, I got some. Oh. I got things to do today. I, I, I'm like I, I'm like I gotta I gotta drive and I need a coffee. All right, let me. Yeah. Uh, yes, the first things first. I don't want to just be a hater on ice cream flavors. The best ice cream flavor uh, has always been uh, mint chip. And mint chip is the best flavor. Do you ever get a nice uh, mint chip shake? People, I that. listen, most places will put that together for you. Now, I do have to give this caveat. You're going to find, as the, the, the blender cannot knock out the chips that make it fine enough, yeah. you're mm-hmm. going to get some clogging in your straw. It's worth it. Secretly. I love Dippin' Dots, too. That's my favorite type no, of ice let's cream. Not, yeah. Now you're getting Mint flavored. My like Oreos has – they've been kind of going off the rails with yeah. these flavored choices, but I had two mint Oreos this morning. And uh, i tell you what. Big fan of cookie dough, too. Okay. Cookie dough Cookie dough. Cream. You know, that well, with I would the, With consider, the chunks of dough. I would yeah. consider that more newfangled flavor. Uh, you know, yeah. not getting completely ridiculous. I like, like cake man. batter. Like the cake Ooh. batter, yeah. I like it's it when tough. they have the actual chunks of oh, like yeah. of of but chocolate chip cookies. Because some make it with like brownies in there. No, I don't know why. I like a brownie and I like an ice cream, but I don't like brownie chunks in my uh, in my. Uh, I'm, I think I'm out on crunch in ice cream. So if there's if there's a nut involved, like any type of crunch. Can I go into for my answer? Can I go into the worlds of sherbets? Absolutely. Are we going to allow that? Yeah, I'll allow it's your, okay. it's your show. Then I'll, I'm going to go with lime sherbet. That's uh, I don't understand these How people. Do you say it? I like lime. I'm saying it the correct I like lime way as well. Look at that! I'm so excited. This is great. I love when I get to tell people something that they didn't previously know. People always. It's one of the most mispronounced <laughs> words in the English language. It is not sherbet like most people say. Yes. It is sherbet. There is no second R, even though most people think there is. It's sherbet. I wish I could Google. That what right is now. it? It's, it's like, like a cream ice. Like what's the, what's a sherbet? I don't even know what what's the, like. What it's like it's like non dairy ice cream. You've never had orange sherbet. I definitely have at an, right. at an ice shop. Okay, well there you yeah, there you like go. I'm looking this up right ice. now. How to pronounce sherbet? Because I don't believe you. 
I'm telling you the truth. Emma VP, you're a, you're a wordsmith. Am I correct or am I correct? I think you're correct. I'm I actually 100. was just looking up the difference between sorbet and sherbet. That's what confuses me. And apparently the difference is sorbet contains no Wait, exactly. Say it again. I love, sherbet. I love a good cream. Ice. Sherbet. That looks about I, right. I think you're right. I know I'm right. Would I, I bring that up out of the blue and then be wrong about it? Yes. I would, but, I, but not in this case. Yeah, I don't like, again, back to the thing with, uh, yeah, I don't like uh, uh, the lime. I don't understand people who like lime-flavored jazz. I, I also don't appreciate people and when you are at a restaurant and they have, like, five different uh, kinds of dessert available to yeah. you, like a flourless chocolate cake or, uh, you know, uh, some some leche or whatever, that lemon. You're going to go with a lemon bar? Lemon, anything? What, what did people do so, 10 years ago when you had flour and desserts? Yeah, I know. It's a better day. <laughs> well, I, I've celebrated this before, and I'll celebrate it again now. Surely you appreciate this, Schwartz. Is uh, We live in a time, and man's recorded history has seen a lot of progress, but we are here for the time in the last like 10 years or so that somebody was like, you know what we would make this dessert taste better? Some salt. Now they're putting that sweet and salt, That's, mixing them together. It's heaven. Um, a fry into In-N-Out shake into your mouth. That's so good. Glorious. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I like to have. I like to eat something sweet. Then to top it all off, popcorn. Then good night. Then I say my good nights. Then I go to I go to bed with a full belly. You do popcorn and a smile too. on my face. I've done it every day this week. I love popcorn it. Popcorn nice. tonight's great. It's great. Nice. You go you go sweet to to salty or, or vice versa, and then uh, then off to bed. That's, just, that's how you punctuate a, a successful day on the big blue marble as we walk among the aliens. Well, last night, I woke up in the middle of the night and got the last piece of Detroit-style pizza out the fridge, put it down, <laughs> and went back to bed. Wait, so you were dead asleep. You woke up and was like, I need to eat more pizza. Went downstairs at 8, and then... I got to support the local industry. I got to eat the Detroit really pie. Really early. Power so. move. Detroit-style pizza. Detroit pizza. I didn't have much hey, of a choice. Before we wrap it up, yes. Uh, before we uh, get out of here, one last thing for Martin, since he's from Michigan, keeps his eye at least on the the Lions. He's not a Lions fan per se, but I think that that's your dark horse team in the NFC this year. Mm. Well, the Bears are better. I, I agree with you. They're a little a year away. The Packers have Rodgers back. I mean, they're gonna be tough to beat. The Vikings obviously upgraded with Cousins at quarterback. Uh, Stafford is, is I think, perpetually underrated as a quarterback. He's he's going to be very interesting because he's going to have a lot of passing records when he retires. He's in, His Hall of Fame case is going to be very interesting because mm-hmm. he's, he's second quarterback under 30, was under 30 to, to throw for 30,000 yards. Um, Look at Martin Weiss. What, he's never that? he's never Dude, won a playoff game. I'm, telling, I'm just telling you, buddy. Like his his number, he's going to be the first quarterback of this passing era to really be his numbers examined closely because he's going to have all the passing numbers to, to qualify for a hall, to be a Hall of Fame career. So he's going to be interesting to see how do we look at the numbers versus the wins. I do agree that listen, human beings are the people who vote. Maybe there's some aliens voting. I don't know anymore how it works. But T.O. was not a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm not saying, I'm you're, not fi- saying you're 15 years would, to get in. No, I'm just saying. Right. No, he was talking to the point oh. about aliens voting. Maybe there are. No, human beings, whether they want to admit it or not, these curmudgeonly uh, football writers who yeah. 
they, like other human beings, do respond to seeing a guy in a moment of glory come through. If Matt Stafford has some special January run and puts one nice season, that one really magical postseason together, he is going to appear yeah. to be a Hall of Famer yeah. because it's, Maybe, a, it's even the Lynn be- Swan theory. It's, a, it's my Lynn, Lynn Swan by number is not a Hall of Famer, but the voters, just like other human beings, saw him making acrobatic, uh, acrobatic game-changing uh, catches in the biggest games, and yes. that was a oh, he's got to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, so, one of the best we've ever seen. That's Eli, too. Right. He's another guy going well, to the Hall of Fame. Uh, he has two rings. A little I mean, if, it's, if Rivers gets in, then that's then Stafford should. That's Well, I Rivers gets in Eli's. I mean, it's I like mean Matt Stafford's never beat a team that finished over 500. Well, it's the same thing like, as Rivers. Never? That's not true. He beat the Packers <laughs> never. years ago. What the no? What uh? When they you know they their contention is that Matt Stafford in, in no seriously I, I, in I can't ten years you. has never beaten a team. I with can't. A winning t- I know it was true when I left Detroit two years ago. That, that as of two seasons ago, Matt Stafford had a losing record. Over, right, no, I'm sorry, a losing back. record over teams over 500. That's what I meant to say. Not never okay. beaten. I had a losing record over teams over okay, 500. That makes a little more sense. I was gonna say okay, yeah. never never got even no, lucky in bad. one my game. Bad. That's my bad. Uh, all right, very good stuff. Um. Uh, Weird stuff, too. Yes. I think we can all agree on that. Great stuff. Martin Weiss, a pleasure to see you. As always, Eddie Spaghetti, dynamite stuff. Make sure you're uh, following Spaghetti's. Uh, what, what's your uh, – get, let's give uh, the Twitter handles out. Uh, underscore Martin Weiss. I don't like the underscore. Me neither. It's the herpes of the internet. Uh, spaghetti. Ed, Ed, Edward L. Murphy. You got to change that, man. I tried. Just become Spaghetti. I know, I've tried. I'm, change, just change it to terrible. Spaghetti. That'll I, catch I, on. I, somebody spaghetti. Yeah, I know. And uh, and the great Jeff Schwartz, uh, right. even though he needs no. Uh, uh, Jeff Schwartz with a G. Right, Jeff Schwartz. No numbers, no nonsense. Easy to find, but you do have the fancy man spelling. I do. Of Jeff and uh, great work with uh, Chad Millman's deal over there. Yes. Action Network. Yes. Doing great work and uh, and pretty much uh, all over the place on all um, media platforms. Jeff Schwartz is on it. When you very busy. Muzzle tub. Happy Thank for you. you. Enjoy uh, the Chiefs season, uh, healthy and successful season to Brother Mitchell. And uh, don't be a stranger. Let's talk to you in season, too, Jeff. So you did the music a little too early, though, Emma, and I wasn't ready for it. I didn't know it was going to come in, and then I was chasing my tail the whole time. You didn't know it was going to come in? You were I knew it was going to come in, but I didn't expect it happened just a little bit sooner than I expected. Also, like I say, be on the lookout for the broadcast. Make sure you're looking out for Daves of Thunder, available on Apple Podcasts. I'm on with Adam Carolla on Good Sports on the Adam Carolla Show. We'll be back with the new Daves of Thunder next week. Our Daves, of, I screwed that up, so now you got to do it again. I'm sorry. Darn it. Darn, 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 darn. darn. You, you said, you know what that stands for, right? No. I've That's not. what she said? Uh, no, I don't know what I said. Oh. You no, I caught it. You caught it? I said something bad? No, it just it was bad. a very, it wasn't bad. You, you said, you said. Um, <laughs> His timing worked out very well. With the, that, I was here. I was here. Speaking of timing, we were not going to ha- be able to get the, uh, the the one more time there. MVP. Now, what what's what is it? Oh, that's what you said. You said something like like you you it came to like you came like. You- I don't want see. Clean it up. Get your heads out of the gutter. We have aliens to defeat. They're amongst us right now. What are we right. going to do? What are you going to do about it? I'm going to go take a long look at the man in the mirror Let's and get it. an answer for that. We'll talk to you uh, next week. Media Pete. Thin Slice Evan. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. 
That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish spring body wash and bar soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.